Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. Carl, today we're continuing our series on the workplace culture and are particularly concentrating on identifying the values of a particular workplace culture. Correct. So we want to become more systemic thinkers and look at all how everything fits together and creates a whole place where we are working. And a lot goes into that. Core to that is our values, whether we have stated them explicitly and have a nice list that's on the framed on the wall or whether they just come out in the way we do things. So tell me, how do we go about identifying what is being valued in a workplace? Well, that's a great question. And you just have to start looking at the outcomes of things. What's most effective is always, always pain. What's not working? What's driving you crazy? What you hate about your work? That some reason gets those diagnostic antenna up and gets you thinking really hard. I've Something has got to change here. So, for example, if one of the things that you hate is just the stress and just always behind and you're overwhelmed, then you can just start looking at, well, why is that? What's going on here? Again, we said there's three areas we're going to look at, values, processes, and the atmosphere there. And, you know, it could be a process. you got everything. You're a gatekeeper and everything goes across your desk and so structure. But it could be a, a value. It could be a value that just says that this company, the only way to validate that you're contributing and doing something is if you look busy. And anybody who's got a little space or stops to chat or is to just kind of look around, do a little research on the web, that doesn't look busy. And so they get teased or uh, mocked or, oh you, oh, you don't have anything. You're not doing anything. Come help me with this. Jokes like that. So that this value or this you know, measurement of effective work being just busyness kind of gets played out across. Out. So soon people start just carrying things with them and making sure they look busy all the time because the minute they stop looking busy, someone's going to think they're not doing their job mm-hmm. or is going to hand them something else to do. Once you're overwhelmed, you're not going to go near that. When I think about pain, I think particularly about the DMV. And we're based in Los Angeles, and I hear that's a little different than being based, you know, somewhere where, you know, your best friend works at the DMV. <laughs> but um, I always find that a place of, place of great pain, a place where I, I feel like it's just so many levels of pain. <laughs> that's a great example. That's a great example. So you get to someplace like the DMV, and what's being valued there, what in, in bureaucratic, Help me understand the DMV. You're going to go away loving those people, or at least <laughs> understanding them. In those administrative culture, what's being valued is the processes. The bureaucracy. The bureaucracy itself. There's a process of getting a license or registering a car that is important. It's been developed through the years. You have to know certain things about people. You've got to test their eyes. You've got to have the paperwork filled out. It has to be accurate. It has to be complete. You know, if you're doing a background check on someone and you've gone to the DMV to get your fingerprints, it's got to be a certain way. That's the value. That whole thing has to be accurate. And everyone's trained on that's accuracy or completeness or thoroughness, the process itself. That's what their job is about. So you get, for example, now you're a client of the DMV and you go in and you don't have your paperwork. Well, you've exasperated that person because you've made the process harder for them. I'm mostly upset that my license picture turned out a little less flattering than I wanted it to be. That's right, because they (laughs) don't care. It's not in their culture to be client-oriented. Now there you got an issue of also volume. 
They've got their appointments. Everyone in the state comes through there. So they are not going to take, even with digital photography, they're not going to take five photos and let you pick the best one, even though that seems like the simplest courtesy in the world to extend. It doesn't feel that way to them. It feels like I got to get through this line and you got your picture. We're done. It comes across rude. And, and I'm not excusing the people there who are actually rude, but the overall culture, the overall bureaucratic ethos, what is on their mind is that documentation process or that paperwork accuracy. Well, and in this case, the client becomes the enemy. They're the ones causing the interruption. The interruption. It says on the form what to bring. Why didn't you do what the form said? So where's your package? It said, come with your package complete. You have everything, but you, don't, you didn't hold it together and give it to them all at once. And to me once. They're looking at you. They're treating you through those eyes. So the culture isn't really one of customer service. It's not one that they want to please the client. They want to have the best experience possible. It's about the value here is that you dot your I's and cross your T's on the forms. Correct. And that's very important. That's very important in these days when teenagers are trying to get IDs for purposes of getting silly things, you know, like being able to drink. There's more things going on with identification right now. And, and so we have to work with it. Now, they can add the value of valuing people and some leader could support that. But overall, what's important is the process. Well, let's contrast then with an environment that's maybe very friendly, an experience one may have had with a very casual place, but you felt like they really were never going to get your work done or whatever you needed to get done. So that would be a completely client-centered place. And when you come in, what matters is that client who has walked in the door. And so whatever, let's use the receptionist as an example, the first person that's greeting people coming through the door, they are stopping what they are doing, their work, every time someone comes in. Because that's what's valued is those people coming in. It's valued higher. So the actual administrative work that they're trying to get done, the projects and the tasks get put off and get lost and get interrupted. But that person who comes in, everyone, whether they're happy or whether they're a complainer, they are made to feel like the center of the world. And the receptionist stops whatever they're doing and greets them and makes them think that everything that's going on in your firm is centered around them. And that's vital. That's vital in those businesses. Now, another example to shift another way would be uh, if you value something technical, if you are doing something in medicine or technology where precision is the value, it has to work and it has to be small and it has to be exact, then that's what matters. So everything goes toward concentration or it being clean or it being exact. Error is out of the question. So their failure and room to make mistakes and learning from your mistakes is just, it's not allowed. It can't be. That kind of learning has to take place somewhere else. And so that's a value. And it takes shape in how everything's structured in those industries. So Carl, how would you advise our listeners to try to identify some of their workplace values? What are they looking for? Well, I would recommend looking at it more about what's your primary business? What do you primarily want your values to be? If you are consultants or any, in any service industry, you want to be client-centered and you want everything to revolve around that. If you're in something 
bureaucratic, you want it to be around processes. If you're in something technical, you want it to be around precision and excellence, using our th- same three examples. And so as you look at how those things flesh themselves out, you're looking for where it's consistent and where it's not. Back to the start where we have pain, where we have things that aren't working or are driving us crazy, that becomes our clue that something's inconsistent in our system with our purported values and what we're actually valuing. So for example, if the perceptionist supervisor harassed her continuously about not getting her administrative work done on time or accurate enough. And that would be a message inconsistent with this. I want you to stop what you're doing every time someone comes in the door and make them feel like the center of the world. So her frustration with those competing demands is her clue that there's a a values conflict going on that can be raised. And so there, the supervisor would just need to be asked, which is more important to you. So those become your clues. Same with the bureaucratic one. If you want to get through 100 people every 15 minutes and give people an option of taking five quick photos and picking the best one, you have to resolve which is more important to you, which is the greater value. And it's those inconsistencies, you know, whether they're worth addressing or not. Maybe at the DMV, this has been thought through very intentionally and explicitly. I don't know. And maybe it was decided, well, people only come here once or twice a year and they have to come anyway. So that they go away happy is not as important as getting through 100 people every 15 minutes and getting through them accurately and and thoroughly. So get them through. In most places, it's not that intentional. And you kind of end up at your culture because you're valuing the process. and, And so people get left out. Wonderful. And so we'll also be talking about next week about practices. Yeah. So we'll shift now to how those values play themselves out and how we actually structure our work. And actually, we actually set things up in a way that makes a place either very competitive or very stressful or any, any sort of culture. Great. Well, yeah. I look forward to hearing about that. I think that's all the time we have for today. Wonderful. We'll see you next week where we'll continue our series on workplace culture and we'll be talking about practices again. Thanks for listening and be sure to check us out on the website at boldenterprises.com. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.